That is our prayer, Lord Jesus, that we would glorify you today. So would you take the meditations of all our hearts and the words of my mouth, and may they be acceptable in your sight, our Lord, our Rock, and our Redeemer. Amen. You may be seated. Two weeks ago at our all-church work party, I worked at the Jubilee Reach Center, and I brought my favorite garden tool. I love this. This is the greatest weed puller I have ever found. You just step on it, pull up the root, and bam! It's gone, just like that. The only thing is, you ha- it only works on those weeds with the nice broad leaves, the real pictured centered, so you have to center it right on top. Then it can grab the one root that it can take out. I was assigned to an ivy patch. So I had to set it down just like that. Have you ever tried to take an ivy patch out? The roots go deep. They are massive. They are intertwined. And they will not let go. I had help weeding this ivy patch. And I tell you, the back of my legs were so sore after three hours of trying to get rid of these ivy roots. They were still there when I was done. Now the ground looked clean, good dirt, everything looked right, but it was a mess underneath, and I knew it kind of hope they barked it and called it good. (laughs) You know, our interior lives can be like ivy roots, can't they? We may look great on the outside, clean, well-kept, and doing the right things to impress the people that we want to impress. But inside, we're a mess. There are roots of anger, jealousy, defensiveness, bitterness, self-loathing, a hard heart. Or my favorite, the need to control others in order to feel good about myself. These feelings and behaviors go way back, don't they? They have roots in our childhood, in places of trauma, abuse, loss, disappointment, sadness. You could probably put your own name to a long list of insecurities and shame that you may have chosen or you may not have chosen. But nevertheless, you are marked by these past choices and events, and they control your behavior in the present. 
What God wants to do is heal us from the inside out in order that our interior lives are able to be good soil for the growth that can flourish on the outside. The story of blind Bartimaeus is one in which Jesus wants to know whether Bartimaeus wants the interior excavation or the outward package of acceptability. It's a story of profound opportunity to experience our Lord inviting a messed up, root-bound guy claim the healing of excavation that would free him of the roots of self-loathing, bitterness, isolation, mistrust, and whatever else kept him blind on the inside, adding insult to his physical blindness. Now, I bet you're asking, how does Terry know that Bartimaeus felt all those things? Well, thank you for asking. (laughs) Here's a quick lesson in properly understanding the theological meaning of a gospel story. As quick as I can make it. The gospel writer, in this case Mark, had a particular audience that he was addressing as he put together the story of Jesus' life and meaning. The writer also strung together conversations that Jesus has had with his signs of healing in order to interpret each other. Mark was intentional about the way he placed the story of Jesus' life together. So first, Mark's audience, who were they? They were living out their Christian faith in the context of suffering. Mark's concern was to encourage his people with the good news of a God who had entered their suffering and could transform them from the inside out in order for them to live in hope and love while they suffered, knowing that because Jesus suffered, too, and conquered death, their suffering had meaning and would transform them. Jesus' miracles were signs of his identity as God, but they were always an invitation to faith to the one being healed. There had to be a response of trust in order for healing to take place. And in that tradition, healing didn't mean just physical. It was emotional, spiritual, psychological, heart, mind, body, and soul. Because Mark holds intention, the Christ of powerful deeds and the Christ of suffering, he is describing faith as following Jesus into suffering finding healing, intimacy, and trust with the Savior, 
no matter what our outward circumstances are. Okay, so the second tool of doing gospel theology is reflecting on what was written immediately preceding the story you are looking at and what follows it. The entire 10th chapter of Mark was all about what it means to be in the kingdom of God. Meaning, what does it look like, feel like, to have God's rule in your interior life so that your outside actions have roots interiorly that can support them. So here are the conversations in chapter 10 preceding blind Bartimaeus' experience. One, Jesus talks about the commitment of marriage, and it requires a soft heart to not always be right. Two, one must trust God like a child. How do children trust? They know that they're loved by their mom and dad. They don't worry about where the food is coming from, at least in our country. And I think at the time, Jesus felt the same way. One must trust God like a child. Three, God must be number one in your heart. There can be nothing more important, not riches, not position, not power, nothing more important in your life than God. And lastly, there's a story that says there's a cost to following Jesus. Because the path of following Jesus leads to dying. At least dying to yourself. And therefore, in the kingdom of God, the first will be last and the last will be first. You need to be the servant of all. And then we come to a blind beggar crying out for mercy. For Mark, we are all blind beggars. It's very intentional that Bartimaeus' story falls between lessons of self-denial and trust and between Jesus' road to Jerusalem to die. Our question this morning, what do you want? Is God's way of getting us to get in touch with whether we really want to see who we are? Once we encounter our our beggarliness, we are invited to trust God, desire God, to not want our own way. Until we want God more than we want comfort, avoidance of pain, pretending that we are in control, we remain blind and begging for what will never satisfy. Jesus' question to Bartimaeus stands as an indictment on all who would choose not to see what is true about themselves to not see their disorderly, entangled roots of hurt, anger, shame, loneliness, abuse, 
defensiveness, lust, fear, guilt, you fill in the blank. When we choose to look, we begin the journey to freedom, to seeing what is true about ourselves, able to receive God's forgiveness and love at the deepest level of our entangled roots. And then those roots can be pulled up. No longer controlling what happens on the outside, we make room for God's love controlling our whole person. Rosalind spoke last week beautifully about living in love. And the only way you can do that is when you see who you really are and realize you are loved. You can do nothing to change that. God has already chosen to love you. But he doesn't want to leave you that way. He wants to give you sight. Bartimaeus teaches us some things about choosing sight. He does some significant things in order to receive God's love. To the answer, what do you want from God? Bartimaeus needed to ask for mercy. He asked for the right thing from the right one. Mercy is undeserved pardon, a replacement of judgment and grace an acceptance, an experience of pure love. That can only come from God. He also chose not to listen to the naysayers, the ones who told him to be quiet. You're not important enough. Don't bother the teacher. He took seriously the condition of his life, and he cried out even louder, Lord, have mercy on me. Bartimaeus chose to throw off his cloak. In biblical terminology, clothes had more than a material function. They represented throwing off the old so that you can get ready for the new. Paul says it this way in Colossians. Strip off the old self with its practices And clothe yourself with the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge according to the image of the Creator. Bartimaeus had to lose, had a lot to lose by asking for sight. I think he had his privacy, his hiding from himself, his means of living, his false insecurities. You see, begging was an accepted form of employment in those days. A disabled person had to be supported by the Jewish community. Bartimaeus chose responsibility. He chose to see. He chose to take responsibility for his blindness interiorly and his beggarly condition. Based on all the conversations preceding this encounter, Bartimaeus was choosing not just physical healing, but emotional and spiritual. He was choosing God, the rule of God in his life. 
seen would bring me responsibility to repent, to forgive, to follow Jesus on his road to death. Seeing would mean suffering in new ways. It would mean having a soft heart, trusting as a child, clearing away any idols or priorities other than God, becoming a servant of all, and demonstrating his commitment unto death. Do we want to see that badly? We are often afraid at looking at the mess of our interior lives. At times it feels much easier to remain ignorant of the ways our damaging emotions get in the way of our choices and cause us to be blind to our inability to experience God's deep and pervasive love. Most of you know my own journey as I have told it, uncovering tangled roots of anger towards God for my cerebral palsy. Of course, that anger got displaced on others and myself. It had its beginning in shame and sadness, disappointment. Many of you have heard this. And suffice it to say that my true healing has not been in the release from the tremors, but in self-acceptance in pulling up those roots of anger and pervasive sadness. Once I admitted my anger and asked for mercy, I could experience the freedom to love myself and therefore God and others in a brand new way. I didn't do this excavation by myself. Bartimaeus didn't do his excavation by himself. We cannot experience healing alone. Here at First Prez, we have several ministries of care that provide the kind of companionship that will allow you to see. Our inner healing prayer ministry meeting twice a month on Wednesday evenings has trained companions who will help you to discover the roots that bind you. The first Sunday of the evening, tonight, as a matter of fact, at Sunday at 6, we have anointing prayer, blessing you in your journey of healing, or our pastoral care service, being companioned into wholeness. All provide assistance in deep and lasting healing emotionally and spiritually. God's love will not allow us to live in ignorance not allow us to live blind, and not allow us to remain bound in roots that would choke our experience of his love. I want you for just a moment to close your eyes and imagine something with me. Will you do that? Can you imagine the Lord Jesus right now walking by you, And he stops. He turns around. He looks at you. He calls your name. Can you hear him? Jesus is saying, asking, what do you want me to do for you? 
And when all the surface wants you uncover and the roots of your blindness revealed, you are left with really the only answer that will give you life. I want to see you, Lord. I want you, God. You can open your eyes. That is the desire of our hearts at the core of who we've been created to be, to have intimacy with our Creator, to live in God's love. This is why the psalmist says, Trust in the Lord. Take delight in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Because the deepest desire of your heart is God Himself. This morning you will receive the bread and the juice, the body and the blood of Christ. God's answer to our deeply entangled, beggarly and blind selves is to give us himself, his life that we might see. So come to the table, know what you want, God himself. Lord, may it be this morning as your people receive your Eucharist feast that they experience anew a longing and a desire for you. Lord, teach us to see at the deepest places of our interior self that we might truly be transformed into your likeness. And we will give you the glory. Amen.